You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. I, I, today's tough because I, I don't have words big enough for today. I really don't. I, and I, like I, I know it's not the Super Bowl, but man, it kind of feels like it, doesn't it? This, is, this, this feels bigger than any playoff game we played last year. I don't know why. Maybe that's just me, but I don't think so. Cause I, I don't know. I, I've been, been hanging out with you guys a little bit, Twitters and whatnot. It just, it feels bigger than the NFC Championship game last year. Maybe it's just because we didn't feel as confident. I don't know. The only thing I can keep coming back to is what I've been saying all season. This is a special football team. It just feels special. Everything about this season feels special. Aaron Rodgers is about to win the MVP. We haven't seen that in forever. Something about that is is just meant to be. And I, I've been talking about meant to be since early on when I said, listen, episode 1000 falls on the Super Bowl. It's meant to be this year. That was before we knew that this team was even going to be any good. The play of the offense, the ascension of the defense right at the right time, the fact that there was literally a run-the-table comment this season, something fans have been begging for, as because, again, I said, he doesn't just speak it into existence. He's just telling you as it happens, and it just hasn't been happening. You can't just ask him, hey, can you just make a run-the-table comment so that we're good again? That's not how it works. But after the Colts game, what did he say? It was, it was almost verbatim, because in both instances, it came after not the best performance in the world. It, it came at a time when you expected him to be upset, because we know Aaron Rodgers, when things aren't going well, does not hide his feelings very well. It's why he's incapable of faking the run-the-table comment. He's going to tell it like it is, whether that's in its entirety or it's just going to slowly seep out of him. But after the Colts game, when things looked bad, and I believe there was a practice after the fact, he said, look, I I don't know what to tell you. I know it sounds weird, but something is different about this team. And I came on this show and I said, listen, and I played them side by side. If I had time, I'd do it again, but I don't. Aaron Rodgers very simply after losing to the Colts, said this is a different team. I I don't know how to explain it. I know it sounds weird coming off a loss, but I'm just telling you, we went from practicing like a good team to practicing like a great team. They haven't lost a game since. They they came out of that bye kind of shaky, right? Loss, win, loss, win, win, loss. Then there's the the run-the-table comments, and it's been win, 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 win. It's January 16th. They have not lost since November 22nd. Again, I, I just I wouldn't take that as a minor thing. Aaron Rodgers doesn't just say those things. And, and again, we've seen that. The very next week, they put up 41 points on the Chicago Bears. That's not a small thing. 30 points on the Eagles, 31 points on the Lions. Again, Panthers was weird. 40 on the Titans, 35 on the Bears. So don't listen to the nonsense that's floating around out there. Well, the Packers haven't played anybody. They're about to play a real defense. Burp, 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 burp. The fact of the matter is this is and always was a perfect storm. Something else I've talked about, the fact that this is a quarterback-friendly system, right? You've got the Shanahan system starting, well, I shouldn't say starting, I'm sure it has its roots way back, but obviously if we're going to call it the Shanahan system, we can go ahead and say it started with Mike Shanahan. When he brought this system to Denver, which was a team that was good but floundering, and it had a quarterback that clearly was fading into the sunset. And no, I don't agree with Packer fans that he's always been elite. He's always been dominant. He just, there's been all these excuses for like five years. Well, he was hurt. And then, you know, Jordy was hurt. And then the solstice and sun Sagittarius. I just, no, dude. It wasn't working anymore. But Matt LaFleur came in with this system that 
you know, on one hand, if you have a quarterback that isn't super great, you can help them because you don't need to be super great. That's why Jared Goff suddenly became very good. He's not right now, but he went from being like, this was a joke of a pick to, wow, this Rams offense just so happens to be the best offense in football. We saw what happened when Kyle, Sh- or, uh, yeah, Kyle Shanahan took over with the help of Matt LaFleur in Atlanta. I've pointed that out before. That was Matt Ryan's best year ever. He won the MVP that year. So when, when you take this system, which is really just an intelligent system that doesn't put so much weight on a quarterback to be amazing, and you allow him to execute within it, but also really execute it at an ultra-high level because he's extremely cerebral. Not only is he just very experienced, but you take the experience, which means he's able to read defenses and do these things relatively quickly. You take the fact that he's extremely talented and gifted with his arm talent. In other words, you still got to be able to throw a football to, to the guy somewhat accurately. He can still do that, you know, throw off the, you know, off his back foot and all that stuff just so that when things would blow up for guys like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers can keep it alive. But then there's also the fact that he's just extremely intelligent. He's able to absorb the system and understand the why behind it. This was always the best case scenario. And, 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 and again, same thing I think I said yesterday. That's been happening across this team. Devontae's finally getting to his full potential, which shockingly was not two years ago when he was very good at football. Apparently it's somewhere around now because he just keeps getting better. And it's not all just talent. I mean, you Again, there's so much more to football. This is why the, the, the combine and everything is kind of silly. I mean, you look at a guy like Jerry Judy, or even, like, the, the Broncos took Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler. The, the things that those guys can do physically are off the charts. They can't hold a candle to Devontae. Why? Devontae's not as fast. He's not, he, I mean, if you did some agility drills, I don't know if Devontae beats Jerry Judy. Doesn't matter. There's, there's a cerebral nature to it. You know, the, the system is, it's one of those things where if you guys, if you guys can't, figure this out intellectually, it's going to look kind of bad. And that's sort of what happened last year. Rodgers partly didn't understand it, partly didn't trust it. Right? How many times did we see him not throw to wide open guys because he's trying to force these throws? Because for how many years has he had to be Superman and just force throws in order to win football games? But if you can really understand it and really grasp it, it's, it's, it's an offense that really just can't be beat. And that's why, you know, it really just comes down to if these guys can execute, if they can be on the same page and be in rhythm and all that, the Rams' defense is not that big of a, of a hurdle. It's just, it's just not. Because the, it, it just comes down to can the Packers' offense overcome? I mean, it's got to be good play calls from the coaching staff. they got to be smart about what they're doing. And then really just the guys have to do the right things at the right time. They know what the Rams are going to do. They know how to beat it. The Rams just put you in a situation where it's going to be real hard to beat it. You better be on on your on point because if you're not, you're in trouble. But again, that's really what it comes down to. It's not about just man to man. Well, Jalen Ramsey's going to be able to lock down Devontae, and that I mean that's that's just not how it works. There's such a cerebral nature behind all of this, and I'm just telling you, these guys have got it figured out. The offensive line is intelligent. The offensive line coaches are intelligent. The fact that Aaron Rodgers has spent very little time on his back is not an accident. The fact that I think the offensive line has taken a step back in terms of talent, but a step forward in terms of statistics, in terms of how many times he's been pressured, sacked, hit, hurried. That could be confusing if you don't understand the disconnect between talent and production. Well, they must be better football players because the production is better. Not necessarily. And I think Coach Hahn does a great job, if you looked at any of those videos, uh, Pack Daddy NFL YouTube channel, of really breaking down how this stuff works. The more you watch him talk, the more you read about these things or whatever, the more you realize it's just, there's so much behind the, the numbers and the X's and O's, and if this guy's here, you got to go here. And, you know, at some point it comes down to execution. But a lot of the times, defenses that are really good do a really good job because they put you in a situation where you don't know what to do, and there's some kind of a miscommunication. If your offensive line is not miscommunicating very often, yeah, sometimes you're just going to get beat. But a big part of what these defenses do really well is getting you to make a mistake. And if you're not making mistakes, you're not going to have as many sacks, hits, hurries. That's why, the, the, for example, the Patriots, right? They were so good for so long because they just didn't make mistakes. There was a system, and if you just execute it, we'll win. He went and spent some time looking at uh, the Cardinals against the Rams, and I think that gave me more hope for this game than anything. Basically, the, the Cardinals called a pretty good game plan. They had guys wide open all day long. The problem is you had an inexperienced quarterback in Kyler Murray who was very scared of a very talented defense, and he felt the best way to attack this team is to force-feed the number one wide receiver. While 
at the same time, these guys are biting on that guy like crazy. They're terrified of him. So there's a whole bunch of busted coverages and all kinds of guys that are open, all kinds of throws that are open. But instead of throwing to those guys, he's trying to force feed. Aaron Rodgers last year, he might have been that guy. This year, he's not that guy. He's going to take what you're giving you, what they're giving you, and he has a firm understanding of how this defense operates, very similar to what Vic Fangio ran, which he's obviously very familiar with because that was the Bears defensive coordinator. So this style of defense, he's got some understanding of, of the looks and, and what he needs to be looking for. He's got a better understanding of how this system works. I'm not saying there's not going to be struggles. It's a talented defense. They, they, they do a good job of forcing you to really be again you really got to be on your p's and q's man you really got to be playing some tight football i'm just saying this is a a nightmare matchup for the for the rams they've got more than enough weapons they're not one-dimensional like the cardinals trying to not not only do they just have that one weapon but they're just force feeding the guy the packers have plenty of weapons plenty of guys that can execute and plenty of guys that can get open and a quarterback that's going to make the right decisions at the right time they're also a team that gets the ball out quickly, which is not great. They're, they're a team that likes to attack the edges, which is exactly what the Rams don't want. Everything about the Packers is just a nightmare matchup. Not, not even getting to the part where it's in Lambeau in the freezing cold. That's a whole separate issue. That just makes it even harder for the Rams. I would say it makes it a little harder for the Packers too, but the last time they did that, they scored 40 points against the Tennessee Titans which is a a somewhat similar team when you look at the makeup of the team, right? Real soft on the edges. So, I mean, I'm trying to stop myself from sitting here saying, don't worry, we got this, because I don't want to build unnecessary expectations. Uh, but, But I'm just going to stand in the fact that the Packers are favorites for a reason. They are the better team, and it really is just going to come down to execution. If they can come out fired up, and and I think that's part of the reason this is so exciting is because and I've talked about this before. Last year, there were all kinds of issues with focus. There just were a lot of issues. Every time they went to the West Coast, there were problems, right? The, the schedule shift just to protect them from themselves, the, the legal issues. The guys were just having a lot of fun during the season. And, and it's just there was, didn't seem to be a lot of high-level focus. This year, these guys are just locked in, man. They're locked in. They're growing. They're getting better. Jair, number one corner. Amos and Savage, number one safeties. I mean, and that's the other thing. I don't know that the Packers' defense isn't better. Nobody's going to agree with that outside of, like, half the Packers' fan base. The other half will be, oh, come on, that's a little crazy. I don't know that it is. They have more corners that are talented, right? I mean, their number two and three corners are probably better than our number two and three. Their number one is not better. Their safeties are not better. Their edge rushers are not better. Yes, Aaron Donald is better than Kenny Clark. Their linebackers are not better. Their production over the last several weeks has not been better. I've talked about that. Points per game. Packers win, despite having played Tennessee, who was the number one offense in football at that time. Part of the reason they're not anymore is because they only scored 14 points against the Green Bay Packers. Kind of hard to be the number one offense when you're only scoring 14 points. 16-24, That's what the defense has done. How about we flip it a little bit? How about we flip the narrative? What? How are the Rams going to be able to beat one of the top defenses in football right now one of the worst offenses in the frozen tundra with fans in the stands up against one of the hottest defenses in football and that's not a lie i've given you the list tampa bay right one of the hottest defenses not on the season necessarily although they probably are yeah they're eighth but if you look at more recently they're much better than eighth right all their 30 points and stuff that was first half of the season 23, 27, 27, 14, 27, 7, 27, 23. There's a lot of 27s in there. That's not all that impressive, but I got to look at that again. That doesn't seem right. But still, they've been very good, and obviously their run defense is just stupid. Number one in attempts, yards, touchdowns, and yards against, or yards per attempt, I mean. That's all the the defense. In other words, nobody runs against Tampa. When they do, they get no yard, and consequently, zero touchdowns, basically. (laughs) There's 10 on the season, which is number one. You just don't do it against Tampa. Right, Buffalo, real scary offense. Defense has been on point. 17, 24, 15, 19, 9, 26, 24. I mean, 26 to the Dolphins was the worst, and, and they scored 56 in that game, which you kind of cut them a little slack on 26, even though it's not that many points to begin with, because when you're up 56, your defense kind of backs off a little bit and gives the, the other team a little bit of an opportunity. So, I mean, there's some teams that are really ascending right now defensively, and, and some of these teams have really good off. Tampa has a good offense. Buffalo has a good offense. Packers are the number one offense, and they have defenses that are stepping up. These are the premier teams right now. The 10-6 and 6 Rams, who have never won more than two games in a row, have a good defense, but it's not, it's not far and away better than everybody else. At worst, they're comparable. I mean, since week 13, 
The Rams have allowed 81 points. The Packers have allowed 86. The Rams are third. The Packers are fifth. In order, it would be Tampa, of the teams that are still around. Tampa has allowed 75. The Rams have allowed 81. The Packers, 86. Baltimore, 89. Buffalo, 93. I mean, these are these are the best defenses in football right now. They're all top 10. But again, the bigger difference, flip it around now. Points four. Buffalo's number one. Baltimore's number two. Green Bay's number four. New Orleans is number five. Where's L.A.? Oh, they're 20th. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, we, we point is, we hear all the narratives that, that are trying to make the Rams out to be the better team. What What is the Rams? Again, I already mentioned they haven't won more than two games in a row. That's not great. That doesn't sound like playoff football. How about the fact of what is their record on the road? Is it 5-4? and four? Because I think it's 5-4. and four. Nice even 5-5 five and five would sound nice, wouldn't it? You'd, you'd, you'd hate to have an uneven record there. On top of that, when you look at their really dominant defensive performances, seven points to the Arizona Cardinals, three to the New England Patriots, nine to the New York Giants, ten to the Bears. These are all at home. There was ten to Washington because it's Washington on the road. Otherwise, we're talking about 20, 20, 28, 24, 28, 24, 35, well, 19 to the Eagles, I guess. Again, the Eagles. The defense is not as good on the road. The worst game they've played at home, the defense allowed 23 points. That's the worst game. There were only two games... Oh, that's not true. Stupid Seattle has to ruin that. There's two games under 20 on the road. There's five games above 23 on the road. Again, not a single one at home. If this was in L.A., completely different scenario. Again, just every angle that I look at, every every time I look at a different thing, it's like, oh, that's not good for the Rams. Well, that sucks for the Rams. Oof, that's not good for the Rams. I get they have a talented defense. Cool. Nice. I'm more scared of Tampa. I, I hope the Saints win because Tampa has a better defense right now than L.A. does and a much better offense. I know we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but I just, again, the, the narrative, just it, it's getting exhausting. Maybe it's because there's not much else to talk about and people want to make it seem like it's, it's this really scary game so they just hype up the defense so much. And again, I acknowledge good defense, but it's also hilarious that the, the counter-narrative is but the Packers have this trash defense. So you've got... This, uh, you know, elite Packers offense against an elite Packers defense and a trash Rams offense against a trash Packers defense. That's fake. Packers can't stop the run, man. Said the same thing against Tennessee. Oh, the problem is you can't stop Derrick Henry. He's going to run for 300 yards. He's going to have 300 yards. He's going to have yards. They scored 14 points. What else you got? Well, the Rams, man, they're a good running team. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The the other narrative. Well, the Packers haven't beat anybody. Name one team the the Rams beat that's impressive. The only one I can see is the Buccaneers. That's it. I mean, unless you want to say Washington is some kind of a great team. I don't think that's true. They beat Seattle, big deal. They beat Arizona, big deal. They beat Tampa by three because they were able, able to actually muster 27 points. They beat Washington, that's a joke. They beat Philadelphia, that's a joke. They beat Arizona again, who cares? They beat the Patriots, that's a joke. They beat Seattle, who cares? They beat the Bears, whoop-de-doo. They beat the Giants, and they beat the Cowboys. Excuse me, what, what is this narrative about the Packers again? That beat the Saints and the Titans? I mean, I, I, I'm not even arguing, well, they haven't played anybody. Because again, I've been saying, nobody's played anybody. Part of the virtue of being in the playoffs is the fact that you're better than everybody. Meaning... The rest of the league is less talented than you. So unless you're just playing Chiefs, Rams, Tampa, Chiefs, Rams, Tampa, Saints, Rams, Chiefs, your schedule sucks. But again, it's just, it's the narrative is is stupid and boring. I mean, people are scratching and clawing to find reasons to say the Packers are going to lose. And it's weird because I feel like the Packers are getting a lot of love, but somehow the Rams pop up and it's like, oh, all right, well, it's been fun rooting for Aaron Rodgers, but here's the end. What are you people talking about? I actually had, and and again, it's Mr. Negative, but whatever. I had Mr. Negative reach out and say, any chance for an upset? And he wasn't referring to any chance that we lose. He was asking if there's any chance the Packers pull off an upset and beat the Rams. And and I want to just discount that as he's just being him, but that's just sort of the general feel that everybody has. But but, listen, at the end of the day, it just makes the win even better. Because what, what could easily have been a different narrative of, so what, you beat the Rams. And by the way, if we win... And then next week, Tampa comes here. The entire narrative is going to be the Rams sucked anyways. Jared Goff was busted up and Aaron Donald was injured. So you didn't beat anybody, but Tampa's going to destroy. You know that's what's going to happen. 
But it doesn't matter because right now we're being told that this you're not going to be able to beat this defense. You're not going to be able to beat this team. There's no way. Okay, well, when they do, I guess we'll celebrate a little extra hard. Because boy, oh boy, we just beat the best team in football, apparently. Despite the fact that we haven't been talking about the Rams as serious contenders since, what, week seven? There was, I mean, real early on, I remember thinking, dude, the Rams could be somebody. And then nobody talked about the Rams, like, ever again. It was done after that. But, you know, okay, Tampa. Who did Tampa beat? They beat the Packers. Yeah, they did. Who else? Carolina, Denver, Chargers, Raiders, Giants, Panthers, Vikings, Falcons, Lions, Falcons, Washington. That's it. Aside from a massive implosion from the Packers, they have played the most garbage teams in football. They haven't played a single team that's even halfway competent, except maybe the Vikings. But again, week 14, I mean, they, they just, at the, toward the end of the season, some of these teams that were kind of competent just imploded. The Vikings gave up. The coach is already trashing his own team. The Lions gave up. The Jaguars were literally tanking. The Eagles were literally tanking. Different outcomes between those two teams. But I mean, they played the Saints, they lost. They played the Saints, they lost. They played the Rams, they lost. They played the Chiefs, they lost. They played the Bears, they lost. The Bears aren't even that good. But, I mean, it's a strict division with Tampa. I mean, if they play a bad team, they kill them. If they play a good team, they lose. That's been the pretty straightforward thing, with the exception of the Packers, who had to go out and embarrass themselves and ruin this little narrative that I'm building because they just couldn't get their stuff together. But, again, anybody that comes with the Packers haven't played with anybody is... is either just not super intelligent or is deliberately being obtuse, which I've learned a lot of people on social media are that way. They'll say things just to get you riled up. And I, to be honest, I'm kind of embracing it. I actually left these trash-talking Facebook groups because they made me so angry. I kind of like it now. You know, it's, it's sort of like a, it's a fun little back and forth. But you got to do it with the right people. you got to be in there with people that like to fight. Some people are just legitimately angry, and they're not in it because for the enjoyment of the battle. They're just stupid, angry people that, you know, just thrash around and stuff. I don't, I don't know. But I, I have grown an appreciation for that. I mean, really, it's, it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the one team that are pretty consistent at coming out on top of the best team. They've played basically only three teams that are any good. They won all three. But again, it's still just three teams. The Saints, they won 32-29. It was close. Tampa, 27-24. Very close. Oh, they did, I think it might be four. Uh, Bills and Ravens, they won all those. So they won the Bills game pretty handily, 26-17. Baltimore, 34-20. Obviously, that was a beatdown. So, again, it, what what's the narrative? You can't beat good teams? Because that's not true. The Packers do beat good teams. The narrative is you haven't played any good teams. Well, that's even true of the Chiefs. They played four out of 16, meaning most of the games they won were garbage. It's, I mean, it's, just, it's a stupid argument anyways, because if you're 13-3, and three, the record doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's the exact same thing as, as somebody, which literally happened to me in that same trash-talking group, saying that the refs won the game for Tennessee. It was 40-14, to 14, dude. You can't say that. If a team is 13-3, and three, you can't say, well, they didn't play anybody good. Because bad teams don't get to 13-3, and three, even if they play all bad teams. Mediocre teams don't get to 13-3. and three. They just don't. It's part of the reason the fraud argument last year was a little bit silly. There were, there were threads of truth in it, but just flat out calling them frauds is stupid because nobody that's bad can fraudulently stumble their way to 13-3. and three. It doesn't happen. Ever. Nobody has played anybody because there's only a handful of good teams and they didn't just sit around and play each other all day long. That didn't happen. That doesn't happen. The Packers are the better team. Two very good defenses, one very good offense. That's what this game is. And both of them have trash special teams units. It's in Green Bay, which is massive advantage Green Bay. It's in cold weather, which is massive advantage Green Bay. The scheme is advantage Green Bay. The consistency, right, the fact that you want to be ascending going into the playoffs is advantage Green Bay. Green Bay is getting better. The Rams are just kind of bleh. Again, have not won more than two games in a row this entire year. They just won the last two games. This will be breaking a record this year if they can win. But I'll, I'll say the, the chips are stacked slightly against them in this one. In every facet, in every single way. And again, I, I don't want you to, to, to say that I'm predicting a victory. Or well, I, I kind of am. Again, I, 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 if the Packers lose, which is possible, I don't want anyone coming at me acting like, you know, I was wrong about anything I said. Because everything I've said is 100% factual. You can look up the numbers yourself. And the point that I'm making is, it all just comes down to the numbers. This isn't all just... just floating around nebulous nonsense that I'm just grabbing out of nowhere. The fact is, if you ask a person who's going to win the game, 
there is a right answer. There's two right two ways to be right about something. There's after the fact. There's a actual correct answer. Then there's before the fact, trying to take the available information and coming to the best possible conclusion. Anybody coming to the best possible conclusion that the Rams win is not doing a very good job of thinking. Or they're just ultra-pessimists and for some reason they can't get 2011 out of their head. As though that has any bearing on what's going on right now. Or, or as, as though t- 2011 was anything more than a really good Aaron Rodgers and nothing else. The defense was trash in 2011. No offense to the 2011 Packers. You guys weren't good. I'm sorry. It's hilarious to me that people are like, dude, you should try to get Packers on your show. I, I guarantee you they hate me. <laughs> There's no question about it. I'm fine with it. I'm just letting you know. I'm not very well liked. I'm either not known to anybody or I'm not liked. Those are the only two options. There's no universe. You talk about this multiverse silliness where, oh, you know, there's all these different universes and everything is possible everywhere. There's no universe out there where Aaron Rodgers listens to the Packernet podcast and like, dude, that podcast is awesome. He trashes my teammates all the time. I love it. Doesn't happen. You want to get Packers on your show, you got to be a sycophant. Or Aaron Nagler. <laughs> that's, that's, those are the only two options. That dude is not afraid to just throw some shade, but also is, is very well liked by the players. I, I got a lot of respect for that. But in general, if you're not Aaron Nagler, you got to be nice to the Packers if you want to reach out to him. Otherwise, they're like, dude, get out of my face, you idiot. I heard your rant about Kevin King. Get out of here. Sorry about that. But at the end of the day, that, that's why I hope that you'll trust what I'm saying. If it's not a good matchup, I'm going to sit here and say it's. I'm scared, man. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to trash the team and say we're going to lose because nobody wants to listen to whining and complaining on a podcast. I'll give you the, the positive side of it. But I'm not going I mean, to... I'm just, I'm just telling you. I'm looking at the information. I can't find a very good way in which the Rams win other than that, the, the Tampa Bay syndrome. It's not even the, the, the... Forget the 49ers. It's not the 49ers. The 49ers were one of the best defenses and offenses in football, kind of like what the Packers are. They just, they were. I, again, it, it, it was funny because it was, as I've said, it was billed as, like, the, the 49ers have this elite defense. The offense was actually better than their defense. Very good at throwing the football. Very good at running the football. Very good at stopping the run. Very good at rushing the passer. Very good in coverage. They were great at everything. So that was a combination of, yeah, the Packers came up flat. They weren't ready. They weren't prepared. They weren't playing well. And also, the 49ers are dominant in every facet of the game. Somewhat of a perfect storm there. Tampa is somewhat similar because I, I don't, they're another team where it's like, well, they don't have the most elite players everywhere. You know, I mean, they got Shaquille Griffin, who is gets a decent amount of pressures, but he's not the most dominant guy in the world. He's not a great run defender. He's certainly not Khalil Mack. They got Ndamukong Sue, but he's not peak Ndamukong Sue. I mean, they've got good players, but nobody is like... They don't have an Aaron Donald or a Khalil Mack, right? They don't have a Jalen Ramsey, even though they do have, I think, Jamel Dean, who's a good corner, but he's not Jalen Ramsey. He's not Jair Alexander. He's not Xavier Howard. But they just do a really good job of executing, and the Packers had a real hard time overcoming that. That's 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 really all this comes down to. If the offense can't get off the ground, it's going to be a problem. But we still have another out. It's called, their offense also has to find a way to score. So, I, look, I, I just think we've all kind of psyched ourselves out about this. We've heard from the media and from Rams fans and from even some Packer fans the talking about the, the Rams in titanic terms, right? Just just this force that it, that has never been seen before which of course is not true. In fact, last year, the New England Patriots were kind of similar. They had the number one defense in terms of points and yards. The only difference is they had a pretty solid offense. They were seventh on offense. They got knocked out first week. So yeah, we've, we've seen things similar to this before. Anyways, I have not taken a break in two days, um, so I've gotten no ad revenue for that. So I should probably be responsible and take breaks and stuff, especially since I don't have to go to work. So there's no time crunch. So why don't we go ahead and take a break here? Uh, once again, I want to remind you, let me run you through the gauntlet real quick. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast, you can do that for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, I would encourage you to sign up for the Packernet Podcast newsletter. Drops every single week the wealth of knowledge and information. I promise you there's stuff in there that you did not know. And it's completely free. There's there's no spam. There's no, It's literally just an email with a bunch of words that are great information. All I need is your email. That's it. You can sign up for it yourself or send me your email. I'll get you signed up. Instagram. By the way, we have another Instagram winner. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you're not on my Instagram. Packernet Podcast is the Instagram. Get over there. Bunch of stuff being given away. We do have a winner. I'm going to be announcing it after the break. Um, Flick. Been kind of putting that back out there. Um, Again, there's just, it's a cool place to hang out, chat during the game if you want to chat during the game. And uh, again, also there's, there's pool. Why do I keep saying that? They got 
stuff where you can win money, whatever they're called. You know, you, you make picks, and then if you get them right, you make money. Thousands of dollars just sitting there. So, I mean, just, if again, if you can't find it, just ask me. I'll get you set up. Uh, Pack Daddy NFL, Pack underscore Daddy is Twitter. And then finally, one thing, and I'm probably forgetting one, but one thing I want to also point out if you haven't seen it yet, assuming we win the game, and I obviously hope that that's the case, I, I want to try to create, you know, those reaction videos. I thought it would be really cool if we got a bunch of people involved. And so my initial plan, which granted is probably a little bit of a better plan, but it's just too much work and I don't have that much space to host all these videos, was to have everybody record individually, send me their recordings, and I would make a video out of it. Instead, what we're going to do is a gigantic, massive Zoom call. Now, I don't expect you to actually be on the Zoom call. It's just a way to record. So if you have the ability, if you have a, whether it's a phone or whatever, a computer, you know, a laptop with a webcam on it or something, you can just set it up somewhere on the other side of the room and just leave it, record while you watch the game. All I'm, all I'm looking for is reactions, and then the plan for the video is going to be I'm going to sync the game, so you're going to be able to see the plays, and then all the reactions, and I'm hoping there's, you know, 100 people on the Zoom call, and I think that could make for a pretty cool um, video. I mean, obviously, it's going to be weird because it's a tiled thing, so the, the, the play is going to be covering up some people, so I'll have to try to move that around so different people are covered up. If you're smack dab in the middle, you just might not be featured at all. Sorry about that. Luck of the draw. It'll be a cool video. Plus, it's... A lot of people that we've come to know, and it'd be kind of cool to see them and their families cheering and all that stuff. Anyways, that's the thing. It's on Twitter. Go find it. If you don't feel like it, just tell me and I'll, I'll hook you up. All right, let's take the breaks. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So let us start off with our winner, and then I kind of want to just pick up where I left off. I don't really have a change of pace because there's more that I want to look at that, again, kind of staggeringly in the favor of the Packers. But the winner of the Instagram giveaway part two, because we've done a couple of these, basically if you win, you get to pick from the pile of things that remain until the stuff is gone. That's how that works. So again, starting almost instantly, we're going to be doing more stuff. So pack on a podcast. But the winner is Joey Ross 15. So if you wouldn't mind doing me a favor, big man or, or average man or whatever you happen to be, Send a uh, message to the Instagram, Packernet Podcast. Let us know that you heard about uh, winning and whatnot, and you want your free stuff, and we'll get you taken care of. But I wanted to look at something else, and I've spent way too much time trying to ascertain whether this is true or not, because it seems not true. Um, What I wanted to look at was the spread. Now, as you know, the Packers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I didn't think too much of that. I figured, you know, whatever. Sometimes you are the favorite, sometimes you're not, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, blah, 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 blah. In the Sean McVay era, and I feel weird even saying this, but I, I've scoured. It just seems so not true. But again, they've been a very good team for a very long time, and uh, for the most part, most teams are garbage, so I guess I'll get behind this. We're talking since 2017, we have got a grand total Sean McVay has played. Let me just make sure I got the postseason in here as well. I do. We have got a grand total of 69 games. Don't start. Only 14 times out of 69 has Sean McVay's L.A. Rams, or, what you know, whatever. I guess it's always been L.A. since he's been there. Only 14 times have they not been favored. 
That is to say, the spread is one or greater, 14 times. The other 55 times-ish, quick math, whatever, they have been the favorites, ranging from minus one to minus 17 and a half against the Jets in 2020. Hilariously, they lost. Here's kind of the interesting point about this. Six and a half point favorites is the second biggest disadvantage the Rams have faced ever since Sean McVay has been there. The only time they have been bigger underdogs ever was against San Francisco last year in 2019. That was seven points. This is six and a half points. By the way, when the Lions opened, it was seven and a half point favorites. Just to give you an idea of how much more dominant the Packers are, that'll give you a little bit of an example. Here's a little bit more information. In these 14 games in which the Rams are underdogs, their record is uh, six and eight, which isn't bad. It's slightly less than 500. However, the biggest um, deficit, I guess you would say, they've overcome is five points to the Dallas Cowboys in 2017. They were five-point underdogs, and they beat Dallas 30 to 35. Pretty close. The two games above that, six-point underdogs to San Francisco and seven-point underdogs to San Francisco, they lost. They have never won a game while being this big of underdogs. Now, it's a small sample size, but it's not a minor thing. This is a massive thing to overcome. Vegas putting six and a half points on the Packers is basically saying they put very little faith in the Rams' ability to win this game. Again, this is the second, according to Vegas, this will be the second toughest matchup Sean McVay has ever faced in his entire head coaching career. Just to give you an idea of the discrepancy between what Vegas and people who are crunching the numbers are looking at, the data, and the the general, I don't even want to say the media because I don't, it's not like I'm listening. I don't know what everybody's saying. Maybe they're, they're heavily in favor of the Packers. But what I'm hearing, let's just say on social media, and what I'm hearing back from people about the media is that people are kind of thinking the Rams got this in the bag. It's not that the Rams can't win. It's that you're coming to stupid conclusions. That's the bottom line. That is a stupid conclusion to come to, that the Rams should be the favorites in this game, or that the Rams are the favorites in this game, and that everybody, and that Vegas is just wrong. That's stupid. He's played 69 games. This is the second most difficult game, one of only 14 in which the Rams aren't favored. By the way, the Packers, with the when, when they're the underdogs, just, just for your information, it has nothing to do with this game in particular, they're 5-3. and three. So similar record, but that game against San Francisco that they got beat pretty handily, they, they were eight-point underdogs. That was the biggest, that, that, that is the biggest underdog game that they've faced since Matt LaFleur has been the coach. Just to, again, to give you an idea of how, how much more dominant San Francisco really was. Because again, I, I, people have it in their mind that the Packers and the 49ers are basically evenly matched and they just blew it. No, no, no. The 49ers are just a lot better. Let's just call it what it was. You cannot draw a parallel between that game and this game. You just can't. We were eight-point underdogs in that game. We're almost seven-point favorites in this game, six-and-a-half-point favorites. There is no comparison between the two games. There is no parallel between any of these games. So having lost three games when the Packers were underdogs means there are four games when they were favorites out of 26 that they've lost. The biggest upset the Packers have played, because again, we like to think that the Packers just completely blow it, right? They, they should never lose these games, and they play like garbage, and they blow it, and that's what happens. And The biggest upset was five and a half points to Minnesota this past year. They were five and a half point favorites. The other games were four point favorites to the Chargers in 2019, three and a half point favorites to Philly in 2019, and they were three point favorites against Tampa this year. So the Rams have never won a game, again, small sample size, but have never won a game when they're this big of underdogs. The Packers have never lost a game when there's when they're this big of favorites. They've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games where they've been at six and a half point favorites or more. Six and a half to the Giants, seven to Detroit, seven to Denver, seven and a half to Chicago, eight to Philly, eight to Carolina, that's Philly when we beat them, nine and a half to Detroit, 13 points to Washington, 13.5 to Jacksonville, 13.5 to Detroit. They are undefeated in that stretch. Again, the Rams can win. I'm just not seeing any data that says that they're probably going to win. Other than, dude, Jalen Ramsey's a freak, man. He's so good. Which is a narrative that suddenly arose out of nowhere. Again, it's not that it's not true. He is good. I have not heard Jalen Ramsey's name once 
until the Packers went up against them, and then suddenly everybody's well aware that Jalen Ramsey's like the best in football. Whoa. That's interesting. I, I mean, we knew Aaron Donald was. Again, it's just it's just an effort to psych ourselves out. Did you know Jalen Ramsey's the best corner in football? It's crazy. No, that, that guy's on our team, actually. Hate to burst your bubble. And again, I, you know, that's PFF. You could maybe debate it. You could maybe throw him in the conversation. But it's just, it's just silly what we're doing to ourselves. I'm talking in circles because all I'm saying is the Packers are the better team. The Packers are the better team. They are the better team. They're the better team. By the way, here's some information that points to them being the better team. Here's some more information that says they're the better team. Vegas says they're the better team. History says they're the better team. Their offense is better. They're getting better. They're ascending more. They win more consistently. Defense wins championships. Yeah, good thing we have a good one. Also, another important factor, really good quarterback. Guess what? We got one. Rams don't. By the way, as I said, the Rams have almost no chance of winning a Super Bowl based on his history. Right? I, I talked about it. There are very few little indicators of, of teams that generally you have to cross these thresholds if you're going to win a, a, a Super Bowl. The Rams are not one of those teams. They're, they're, they would be an outlier. They don't fit the mold of what a usual Super Bowl champion looks like. There's several teams in the NFL that are in the playoffs that fit the mold perfectly. The Packers, Tampa, the Bills, just down pretty much everybody else that's left. The Rams don't because their offense is so bad. Again, doesn't mean they can't win, but it's really not looking great for them. And to be honest, this, this game is really starting to feel a lot like the Tennessee game. The only difference is we all have a lot more confidence in the Packers now than we did then because at the time you kind of believe the narrative like you know there's been a lot of close games there's been a lot of iffy stuff we were a lot closer to that Colts game so there hasn't been as many consistent wins you know because you'd have to add Tennessee and then you know the game after that but it really feels like an opportunity for the Packers to show everybody that you're stupid for not taking us seriously. And I thought we were past this. I really did. I thought when we trounced Tennessee like they didn't exist and looked like by far the best team in football that week, I thought that they had, they had gotten the stamp of approval from everybody. And we understood, not that you can't pick a different team. You know, I like the Bills. I like Tampa. I think the Saints, you know, real good offense and defense. They're a serious threat if Breeze can keep his stuff together. I understand saying I, I pick a different team. I don't understand saying that the Packers don't really belong and that the Rams are kind of better. And saying, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about the Chiefs and the Bills and uh, probably just Tampa in the, in the NFC. And that's, that's silly. But it really does, I mean, granted, just, just win. I'm fine with just win. This is a great opportunity for the Packers to show that they are the best team in football. And to be honest, after last week, it shouldn't be that hard because everybody kind of looked like trash. I thought Tennessee-Baltimore was one of the better games that whole time, and Tennessee lost, and we beat the Tennessee Titans. You know, Washington-Tampa, who cares? It's just another example of Tampa beating a garbage team. They have yet to beat a good team, except the Packers, obviously. But they've lost to the Saints twice, and they got to play the Saints again. In New Orleans. New Orleans won. They could hardly move the ball against the Bears. We didn't have a lot of problems with that. Packers moved the ball, you know, considering it's a good defense, I thought quite well. Seahawks and Rams was kind of a joke of a football game, in my opinion. Granted, it was kind of the way that I expected it to be. Two solid defenses. But just watching those guys play is like, these are not, neither of these teams are Super Bowl team. None of them. Buffalo and the Colts. I mean, it was a decent game, but the Buffalo Bills only won because the Colts kept shooting themselves in the foot. So again, we don't have to psych ourselves out about this. There's no guarantee they win. The odds are not in their favor that they win, but everything's lined up just the way it needs to be. They're right where they need to be. Everything is great. Home field advantage. Just, you know, keep grinding, stay healthy, play smart, and they, they got it. They absolutely have it. In fact, I, you know, if you look at it, not just from a power ranking standpoint, but on a team-to-team basis, on a how-this-thing-could-shake-up basis, I don't, I don't think it's crazy to think the Packers should be the favorite. Just the fact that it runs through Lambeau is tough. The Rams are massive underdogs. I think the Saints would be in a lot of trouble if they came to Lambeau. Tampa, obviously, has already beaten the Packers, but it's going to be a different Packers team, first of all. It's going to be in the freezing cold, which is massively to their disadvantage. I don't know that Green Bay doesn't come into that game as the favorites, especially if they completely dismantle the Rams. Then the only question is, what team is left in the AFC? And, and I, I kind of think that the matchups are a little bit better. The biggest fear that I have is really good defenses. Those are all in the NFC. I mean, granted, Buffalo, again, is, is their defense is getting better. But, I mean, you start talking defense, I'm thinking Tampa, I'm thinking uh, the Rams, the Saints. I'm, I'm, I think they're massively underrated, their defense. The AFC is all about offense. The Bills are all about offense. The Chiefs are all about offense. Baltimore, again, not a bad defense, but that's, that's offense. 
I think we can handle them because I think we have a better offense and a better defense than a lot of those teams. The Packers are very similar to the Bills in a lot of ways. The, the biggest difference being the Bills like to play a certain style of football that the Packers exclusively like to take away, and that is big plays. Similar to why I said the Colts would beat the Bills if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly. It's just, it, it runs contrary to how they play. So again, it, based on power rankings, are the Packers number one? I don't know. Based on how this thing shakes out and matchups, I kind of like the Packers right now. I don't know. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. We still got to win this game. I'm just saying. It's, it's, it's a common thread through this whole episode. Don't underestimate the Packers. That's stupid if you're doing that. And yeah, Rams fans have been popping off. Right, cool, man. They've been a good team for a while. Granted, they've clearly been descending in the wrong direction. Team is falling apart. They don't know how to manage contracts to save their lives. Seem to be a fairly competent drafting team, I guess, but going in the wrong direction rapidly. And and again, I, I just somebody was talking about what was it? I, I didn't interject into the conversation, but I observed it. And it was something about, oh, I think it was in our Flick conversation, about how the, the, the media has a hard time shaking narratives. And it's incredibly true. And a lot of the media are still stuck on what happened to San Fran- with, with San Francisco last year. And my first thought immediately is, if that's true, how stupid. Because if that's the case, they should be pumping up how good San Francisco is going to be in the NFC Championship this year. Oh, wait. They didn't make it in the playoffs. This is not the 2019 Packers. It's certainly not the 2018 Packers. Things have evolved, and the fact of the matter is this is not only maybe the most talented team in football, it's, it's, it's ascending, and I understand there's, there's a, a time limit with Aaron Rodgers, but if you were to treat teams like the stock market and you're putting money down on any teams other than maybe Buffalo and Green Bay, I don't know what you're doing. You may have missed the boat. I mean, Buffalo, you missed the boat. Green Bay, people are still selling. Buy, 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 buy. There's just there's just scratching the surface. They just figured out the offense this year. They just figured it out. We've barely scratched the surface with AJ Dillon. We haven't even seen Deguara yet, who is that H back role guy that that you know we're, we're slotting Dominique Daphne in there, and that's cool. But we we need that guy, right? We we got that the the Tavon Austin role, which is just kind of again just kind of filler guys to try to get that going. But we don't really still don't really have that guy. How about a, a, an actual Snacks Harrison that the Packers seem to really want but haven't really invested in until now that we actually have Snacks Harrison? But what happens when we draft our own Snacks Harrison? Linebackers, all brand spanking new, young, don't know what they're doing, but putting it together. Well, not Kirksey, but whatever. Safeties, just figured it out about three weeks ago. Rashawn put together his first two elite games ever. Two, I mean, probably first two good games back-to-back ever. He's been very inconsistent, and, and suddenly... Whoa, boy. Jair finally met his potential, which is what people have been saying for a couple years now. He has the potential to be the best in the league. He is. It all just kind of came together, and there's still lots of room for growth. The offensive line is not settled by a long shot. A lot of questions. Wide receiver. Plenty of room for growth there. Tight end. Room for growth. And I'm not digging at Tunyon. There, there are two different styles of tight end that Matt LaFleur, maybe even three, to be completely honest, unless the H-back is, and they're just going to merge that kind of role in what Mercedes does, but they like Mercedes Lewis because he's a throwback, physical, blocking tight end. They they appreciate that. One of the few teams that does. You've got the H-back, which is kind of like a fullback slash tight end hybrid, which I don't really think Mercedes does, which is why I think that that's a separate thing. And then you've got the sort of Jimmy Graham, Robert Tunyon, receiving guy, which was what Jace was supposed to be. We'll see if he can kind of grow into that, but that that's the point. I mean, it's not just we need a tight end, we have a tight end, so we're done. No, man, Matt LaFleur's got a lot of different ideas for a lot of different... I mean, granted, TE is technically what they all are, but there's different kinds, just like wide receiver, just like running back. You got your third down backs, you got your, you know, some guys scat backs or whatever, which the Packers don't really utilize very much, just receiving back. But I mean, again, you got different kinds that get used for different things. And, and the Packers, again, they're just scratching the surface of this. The defense is just starting to get its footing. And that's just starting to open up the playbook. Now Petten's looking at it like, dude, we got a good secondary? All right. Now we can kind of go to chapter two of this thing here. They're just getting warmed up, man. And by the way, having that bye week, I know we're all scared of it, and rightly so. Packers struggle. Last year, after the bye week, played San Francisco, lost. This year, after the bye week, played Tampa Bay, lost. This is our third bye. This will be the first time we won. But again, I mean, it's we could try to act like it was the bye if we want to. 
And granted, Tampa Bay was was bad, but San Francisco was a pretty good team. So you know, that's 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 all I got, man. Again, the 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 only thing working to our disadvantage, I guess, is coming off a bye, and and we have a two game sample size. So if we want, we can nullify that against the two game sample size that says the the Rams have never won a game with this bad of a spread, despite the fact that one has more of a logical correlation to reality than the other. One is a little bit more predictive than the other, right? And look, if, if the if the thought process is well, they're they're too relaxed and they come out of a bye and they're just they don't really care. Look, if if they're if they don't care at this point, they're not going to win a Super Bowl. If your concern is this team just doesn't have the passion, they don't care, they don't have the drive, then just I mean I don't know what to tell you. They're not going to win. They either do or they don't, right? That's it. And all I'm telling you is if they come out and they're ready and they're motivated, they're going to win. That's that's it. That's Again, I've said that a thousand times. I don't know how many different ways I can say it. It is what it is. Number one offense, arguably top five defense right now. That's the Packers. That's that's the buzzsaw the Rams have to walk into. Just because Rams want to pop off about this will be the easy one, that's fine because they, they, they don't know, which you can't blame them because the lazy narrative, which which you know is what we all are about teams that we don't know, we just... We hear little rumblings through the season, and we just kind of run with that. We haven't been paying super close attention. The The issue with the Packers has always been, well, their defense is no good. They can't stop the run. We're going to run all over them. They're the worst run defense in, in the history of football. 70,000 yards we're going to run for, and, and they can't stop it because they haven't been paying attention. The fact that the plan for Tennessee was to run the ball when they scored 14 points. The plan for the Bears, run the ball, they scored 16 points. Heavy running teams are the teams that they just blew out the last two weeks. By the way, this is a team that has not really blown a lot of teams out. The last two weeks have been two of the three biggest blowouts they've had since Matt LaFleur has been here. The last two weeks. If you want to talk about a team that is headed in the right direction, the third biggest blowout in Matt LaFleur's history was a 19-point victory against Chicago on January 3rd of this season. The second biggest blowout was against Detroit in September. The biggest win the Packers have had ever in the Matt LaFleur era was a 26-point win against Tennessee. So, yeah, man, they're, they're, it's, it's as hot as they come. So, again, I I keep saying I got nothing else, and then something else pops in my head. It's like, oh, I should look that up. Oh, look, I'm right about that, too. I didn't have that locked and loaded. It was like, you know, I don't recall us blowing a lot of teams out, and we've done it two weeks in a row. Let me look it up. Oh, yeah, two of the biggest, three biggest blowouts in Matt LaFleur's history were the last two weeks. Which, by the way, you blow out a team by having a really good offense and a really good defense. That's the only way you do that. You, you have to get a big point differential, which means your offensive production is so much greater than their offensive production. I mean, it could technically be like 60 to 30, but, you know, probably won't be that. It's hard to have a bad defense and win by 26 points is what I'm saying. Anyways, I I, I, I kind of don't want to end this because I don't know what to do with myself right now. Like, I, I just, I want to sit here and just talk about it. Let's see, it's 7 o'clock. Noon is in five hours. Can I do this for five more hours, you think? <laughs> maybe i don't know but look let me uh well let's let's do a couple things first thing if the packers lose and i hate to even end it on this note and if you don't want it to end on this note you can check out now after this i'm doing i'm gonna look at that other game by the way because we should probably look at that feel free to check out anytime if however the packers lose which is a possibility and the season ends today which makes me sick to my stomach to even think about i just want you to remember that this is still a very special season and we have the ability, because again, the Super Bowl is not the only thing. It's it's the main objective. But every feeling of joy that you had came when the Packers were not winning a Super Bowl. This has been a phenomenal season. By far the best in a very long time. Win, lose, or draw. doesn't matter. Some people won't be able to handle it. Oh, this team is pathetic, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to be distraught if we lose, no question. But that doesn't take away a single thing of what's been accomplished. And and the other thing is it doesn't change the fact that it is going to be going into next year as as maybe the best team in football. You're going to have the Chiefs that are still going to be good. You're going to have the Ravens that are still probably very good. You're going to have Balt- uh, the Buffalo, not Baltimore. We talked about them already. Buffalo's probably still going to be very good. Tampa is a massive question mark. The Colts are a massive question mark. New Orleans is almost certainly going to be a bad football team. The Rams are continually descending the Seahawks continue to descend there are so many fan bases that don't get what we have and you know look at a team like the Colts I mean it it was this was basically it that's it man I mean I guess they could sign Rivers to a one one one-year contract but they lost Costanzo their left tackle he's gone he retired that would be like David Bakhtiari just hanging him up 
and and you know Aaron Rodgers is not exactly what he was, but maybe we'll stick him around for one more year. And I think Ty is a free agent. Do we continue to sign him? It's over, man. This was their shot, and they missed it. That's what Colts fans are living through. Tennessee, Tennessee's another good football team for sure. Seahawks fans, I mean, they just extended Schneider. He's the problem with this entire organization. I mean, it's very similar to what happened with Ted Thompson. The guy was real rock solid for a handful of years. He put together a great team, and then he just fell off, and he wasn't producing. The Packers cut bait with Ted Thompson, probably a little bit too late, but they cut bait. I mean, technically he stepped down, but I mean, let's let's be honest, it was going to happen. Seattle is in a terrible spot. Whether their fans recognize it or not, they're in a really bad spot. They cannot draft at all. They're terrible at it. They haven't accidentally drafted a good player in a long time. The Patriots, since they lost Tom Brady, are they, they don't know what to do. They're floundering. They need a quarterback. All the while, the team is descending into chaos. The Bears are in a terrible position. It's an absolute mess, and they're bringing the same staff back. Even if they find a quarterback, they're losing their number one wide receiver. So they're going to have a rookie come in, try to beat the teams in the NFC North. The Vikings and the Packers are going to annihilate them. The, the Lions are kind of possibly heading in a good direction. We'll see exactly who they end up hiring. But the Bears are in a real tough spot. Even if they get, again, even if they get a quarterback, a lot of those guys don't want to be there. The defense is, is getting worse every single year. So if they focus on fixing the offense, they, they, they can't keep neglecting the defense. And if they want to build up the defense to make sure that's still our, our selling point, what are you going to do with this offense? By the way, you don't have a defensive coordinator right now. You need a new defensive coordinator again. You had Fangio, he built something, it was special, you went out and got Fangio guys. Then you changed the scheme, and these Fangio guys don't fit quite as well. I mentioned, and, and Bears fans were excited, well, he blitzes more, which is going to use uh, be you know to our advantage. Was it, though? Because you're also playing a lot more man coverage with zone corners. How did that work out for you? Not great. Now you got a third defensive coordinator coming in, trying to teach a third different scheme with his different wrinkle, and guys are getting disgruntled. Guys don't want to be there. Nobody wants to be there. Could be Bears fans. So again, regardless of what happens today, we we are in an incredible spot, and I don't want this season to end. I mean, even after the Super Bowl, it's going to be sad if they win a Super Bowl, because it's over. Special season is over. I don't want this season to end, period. It's not just that I don't want to lose because it sucks. I don't want it to end. It's weird to say about a 2020 season. You think anything 2020 on it is going to be horrible. This has been a great season for football. But again, it's not... There's no reason to believe it's getting worse. The guy that built this team is still our GM. The guy that built this offense is still our head coach. The guy that made this defense is, you know, I mean, for all the fire pet and stuff, this is fantastic. This is this has been great. And it really just goes to show it. It's not so much that Petten was a bad defensive coordinator. It's that Petten called, he has a certain style of defense. And, and it's basically a matter of, I'm not changing my defense. You guys need to rise to the occasion. You need to start understanding what I'm asking you to do, why I'm asking you to do it, and play better. And once they are starting to play better and playing the way Petten wants them to play, you see the result. And they're magnificent. And we get to carry that into next year. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to plead with you. And I understand if if the Packers lose, you're going to need some time, and I get that. Please don't abandon the show. And it's not just just for my own sake. I'm going to be here no matter what. And and the ads are going to all go away because nobody cares in the offseason. I just... I want you to stick around because you're missing it. The, the free agency period, the draft period, it's some of the most exciting stuff. And then after all that, we get to talk about what this means going forward. We get to dream together about how special this team is going to be. There's no reason to sign off. There's no reason to stop being excited about this team. And so, I, I, again, I, I just want to put it out there because there's a chance the Packers lose and everybody just says I'm done with football until... September, or I'll, you know, I'll pop in for the draft real quick, and then peace. I'm out until August, September. I'm, I'm just asking you to, you know, if you want to step away for a little bit, cool, but come right back, man, because there's plenty to get excited about. This is, this is, this is beyond best case scenario. What we're doing right now, win, lose, or draw, this team is well beyond my expectation, considering what we were at in 2018. Unbelievable. So. Um, quickly now, that wasn't as bad as I thought. I, you know, I, I, we have to discuss the possibility of a loss, but I, I think I kept that fairly positive. Sorry for the people that I told to jump off. Maybe don't be a coward. Just saying. Hey, if they left, they didn't hear me say that. Don't worry about it. We're fine. The other game tonight is the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. I really want to talk about the other two games, but we'll do that tomorrow, I guess. Hopefully after the big celebration 
that the Packers won. But really, this game for me, and I go back and forth on it, I've got Kansas City and Cleveland pretty well locked up in my head. The spread is is impossible, but who wins? I've got that pretty well locked up. New Orleans and Tampa is kind of tough. I think this one's the hardest because it really just comes down to who's going to be able to play their style of football. Baltimore is kind of a lot like the Colts in a way in terms of their ability to run the ball really well, except they're just better than the Colts. And Buffalo, as we said last week, is not very good at that. And so if they can keep the pace slow and just smash Buffalo, they got a chance to really just just kind of surprise a lot of people because the defense is good, right? And we saw him last week. You want to talk about a fired up football team. Marcus Peters is, he is, he's a wild man. And Baltimore, that, that's kind of a characteristic of that sort of AFC North defense. Baltimore's been carrying that over since like Ray Lewis, right? They just, they got an edge to them. They don't just play fast and physical. They're going to get right in your face and they're going to tell you your life is in danger in this game. And when the game is over, they're still just amped up. Like they're ready to fight you after they beat you. And I, I kind of respect that. By the way, the Packers are, are developing that, and I, I absolutely love it. They're kind of mean, and I dig that. <laughs> you know, It's not like Mike Daniels, who's mean, and Clay Matthews is kind of a closeted, dirty player. Otherwise, it's a soft defense. No, these guys are kind of rough. But anyways, the, the, the complication comes in where if Buffalo is able to play their style of football, which is fast, dominant, downfield, aerial assault, Stephon Diggs is putting up points, I don't think Baltimore is built to play catch-up. In fact, I know they're not, and I don't mean to disrespect Lamar, but that's just not the style of football. If we have to abandon the run game and and put the ball in Lamar's hands to try to go toe-to-toe with the Buffalo Bills offense, it's not going to work. Now, the good thing is they they, they shouldn't have to just abandon it right away. They can stick to the ground game, but if things do get carried away, at some point, Baltimore's going to have to abandon their style of play. And again, Buffalo is so talented right now. Not that they're unbeatable. Again, I, I predicted they would lose to the Colts, and they almost did. But again, the hard part about predicting who wins is it, it just kind of deter, it just kind of comes down to who's going to be able to play their style of football. So ultimately, what it comes down to for me is that I am going to pick Buffalo for a couple reasons. Number one, I'm picking the team that seems to be heading in the right direction the fastest. Now, the one thing that, that kind of dissuades me here is that Buffalo's kind of the new arrival into this. And so a lot of times you get these really red-hot teams. I know I was switching back and forth between red and white. I don't really know why. I think white is hotter, but it's still hot, right? I mean, you, know, you, you don't want to touch it. If it's red or white, just uh, don't touch it. But you, you kind of get into this, like, they don't really know how to play in the postseason syndrome. But I don't know that Baltimore is all that much different. They kind of collapse in the postseason as well. But it's just the fact that, that Bal- Buffalo looks like the team that I, I want to bet on, right? They're just getting better as the season goes on. They're a really good offense, and suddenly the defense is really stepping up. I mean, they're just kind of morphing into this really rock-solid, steady team that's going to forge its way through into the Super Bowl. Not predicting that, I'm just saying they, they have that look to them. Whereas Baltimore's been a little bit more inconsistent. They are they have been looking real good down the stretch, but they're just kind of, eh. You know, and I think last week kind of was emblematic of that. Granted, they really got it figured out and, and hammered it at the end of that game, kind of ran away with it. But that's sort of my other con- con- problem here is if Baltimore's able to play their style of game, Buffalo's never out of it. So it could be the fourth quarter and Buffalo gets it figured out and they can still win the game. Baltimore is the team that really cannot allow this to get away from them. And so I'm, I'm looking at a team where Baltimore needs to be kind of solid for four quarters. Buffalo can kind of, they're, they're a little bit more like the Chiefs. The Chiefs are garbage. Like the first half, they come back, they just win. And so again, I'm, I'm looking at, I think the Bills are the better team. I think they're the hotter team. I think they're a little bit better on either side of the ball. Granted, again, the, the run game is not quite as good as far as running and stopping the run, but that's another facet. Do you want to pick on the pick the team that's better at passing and stopping the pass or running and stopping the run? I'm always going to try to default to the passing team. I mean, just, just speaking in generalities, you know, depending on the matchup, that may not be the case. Again, I picked the Colts for a reason, but it just, it, it's, it's very, it's very iffy. And I, and I really think it'll come down to the wire and you never really know they're very evenly matched team. I think they're both very talented, but just for those couple little things, I think uh, Josh Allen is the better quarterback. I think the the Bills have the better defense right now. Iffy, again, you could go either way. Clearly the better passing team. The Bills are never out of it because they're so good in their aerial assault. I just got to give the edge to the Buffalo Bills. In terms of which team do I want to win, it's probably going to be the Bills only because, again, I think the Packers match up a little bit better against the Bills than against the Ravens. I don't like the prospect of the best rushing team. I, I know we just beat Tennessee. I get that. But also add in the Lamar dynamic. It just it just really scares me. 
Whereas I think Buffalo is a little bit more straightforward in what they do. They're just very good at it. It's not that they're complex. It's not that they have all these wrinkles. It's just that they're very, very good at what they do. We've seen Stephon Diggs. We know Stephon Diggs. We've seen aerial assault teams. We, we, we've beat them. Right? It, it plays into what Pedden likes to do, take that away and force them to do something else. And I don't think Buffalo is very good at doing other things. They're not a very good running team. So I will be rooting for Buffalo. Also, by, as I've said, I, I do like the Buffalo build. I don't really like the fact that they've suddenly, the fans have gotten super arrogant out of nowhere. Like I wish they were more like Browns fans and were a little bit more humble about being where they are, considering they've been garbage since forever. But um, I do have a lot of respect for Bills fans. They've put up with a lot. Uh, again, I've been out there. Really, really good people. And uh, for some reason, I just have sort of this anti-AFC North thing. I don't like Pittsburgh. I don't like Baltimore. I don't really like Cleveland. I respect the fans. I don't like the team. And the Bengals are just kind of a, a joke. I feel bad for the Bengals and their fans and everything, but it just kind of upsets me how bad they are. Because it's, it's not it's it's not an accident. It's incompetence. And it's uh, it's upsetting that teams are allowed to be that stupid. But anyways, I think I'm finally ready to wrap this up now. Not a super in-depth thing, but we've gone long enough, and obviously that's much less important than um, than the fact that we've got a Packers playoff game right now. So uh, I'm sure I'll, I, you know, I mean, if you want to stay in touch, again, get on the Flick Chat. I'll be around. Um, probably see me a little bit on Twitter. I've been, again, I'm doing a pretty good job of putting my phone down and staying away from it, especially when things are going bad. If things are going good, I'll be around, because there's no better place to be than hanging out with Packer fans when things are good, but... Um, if the Rams score a touchdown, I'm just going to put my phone in the toaster or something. But um, I'm having a hard time saying goodbye here. I'm freaking out a little bit, I think. I'll let you go. You folks have yourselves a good day, and I will uh, talk to you hopefully for Victory Sunday tomorrow. Whew. All right. Go, Pat, go. Like you flying back tonight, that's like, yeah, uh-huh, all my packers ready.